Hello, listening people. Hello. You are listening to Spit and Polish. I am Ryan Slowinski. I am Bartek Kasprzyszak. Yes, and we're your amazing hosts of Spit and Polish, likingly, because we are always spitting and we both happen to be Polish. And this... Ryan, you spoiled one of the answers already. (laughs) This is our Q&A episode. I felt like something a bit different and we're going to have an announcement at the end of the episode. A big old, big old yeehaw announcement because cowboys are involved. Now people are going to skip to the end, Ryan. Well, it's okay. We still get the hits. That's what matters. <laughs> so, Bartek, how are you? That's uh, the first question. <laughs> you have to give a good answer. Um, sometimes, not always. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, we're here to um, give some answers to some questions, some from listening people out there, and just some that we've come up with that are frequently asked to us like we are often asked this or we ask each other this mm-hmm. and basically we're just gonna rattle off a few well, a few when i say a few i mean like 30 questions yes unlike unlike you know unappreciated masterpieces in the mystery box where we put on characters this is the real us we're putting on characters in those yeah Oh, I mean, technically we're doing it now because really we're performing when we're doing the podcast all the time. All right, look, I'll drop my character in three, two, one. Play. That's not it, though. Yeah, your character that you don't play is mumbly and depressed. Look, I'm not depressed. Come on, let's get off this. So, Bartek, I'm going to ask the very first question. That's straight off the bat, and we kind of foreshadow it, but where did the name Spin Polish come from, buddy? Do you know? Do you know the answer? When you to say this? we foreshadowed it, do you mean in this episode or in every single thing we've released ever? Well, no, <laughs> no. We we say that we're, it's because we're always spitting. We both happen to be Polish. But do you know where the name came from? Well, I know that in some episodes we point out that it's a you know play on words because it's also a saying to to clean something to make something look good. Yeah. Um. But also, yeah, we have the thing of we are both of Polish uh, ancestry. Yeah. Well, Bartek, I'm going to educate you today. Yeah. I'm going to re-educate you because I have said this to you in the past. I think I've said it on the show before. But uh, that spin Polish thing is a joke that I um, really adore from one of the. Bob Hope movies that I watch Mm -hmm. in which he has he's called Fancy Pants and he has to pretend he's an actor who plays a butler who has to pretend that he's a butler for this rich family but then he's mistaken for like a, a, a like a soldier by the town so then he has to pretend to be a soldier and he tells us a legendary story about three against a thousand and in his story he's like He's Colonel, Colonel Jarthagil, likingly, old spit and Polish, they used to call him, likingly, because he was always spitting, and he, and he happened to be Polish. And I always love that joke, and I'm like, we could use that, because we're both Polish. Wow. Yeah. Next you'll tell me that the whole listening people hello comes from something. Well, that's not our second question, Bartek. Our second question is, how did this podcast come about? Oh. How did it come about? How did it come about? I believe... Because I, I know it was definitely you that, like, pushed the idea of maybe we should do a podcast, but, yeah, you... After we were finishing off uni, we kind of wanted to keep creating something, putting something out there. Because yeah. I know for me, 
uh, well, we both did a drama degree because we love drama, we love acting and all that. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I was doing drama like every year from like year seven, like 2006, all the way to 2014 when we finished our degree. And that was always like a thing that I could work on every year. Like, oh, bit of acting here and there, bit of entertainment, whether I'm just performing in a class or in front of an audience. Um, And doing the podcast starting in 2015, you know, the year after we finished our drama degree, it was just another thing we could do to put things out there. Uh, but I know that the concept of the show came from you watching a specific film, right? Yeah, our first film. Yes, Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar. Yeah, I love um, Big Fat Liar, as we should all guess. I love Big Fat Liar. Um, and I was watching it, it was on TV, and we were basically, myself, my family was there, my fiance Rachel was there, we had missed the first 20 minutes, as is tradition with Big Fat Liar, if you listen to that episode, you can yep. understand why, and we basically were commentating on the movie, because we had all seen it, except for my fiance Rachel had not seen it, but she enjoyed the experience, and I also really love audio commentary tracks, yeah. in general, um, the best ones are like Dennis Hopper with Apocalypse Now, where he realizes as soon as he appears on screen why he's been asked to do the commentary track because he forgot that he was in this movie. <laughs> or Brian Blessed doing Flash Gordon, in which he makes the sound effects himself, or he's like, Look at my lovely legs! And I just love audio commentary tracks. And I thought, let's do this. But for movies, no one is doing commentary tracks for. No podcast, not enough podcasters are talking about the merits of Big Fat Liar. And that kind of launched us off. And I thought, you had done a podcast in the past with your friend Malloy as like a little And technically Reese, but he kept going to work. (laughs) Yeah. But it was Malloy's podcast, and it was his project for... He was doing some TAFE thing or something. Oh, no, it, was, it, was just, some... it was just that he had access to oh, a right. room at TAFE, so he thought, oh, why not use it for like why a podcast not... or something? Yeah, and... And, and the... he was also interested in like media and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, I'll get Bartek on, because... Oh, yeah, when you told me you wanted to do a podcast, I was all for it, because I enjoyed doing that one so much, even though that was like so low effort and really not that great. It was just a lot of fun to do every week. You've had some experience, and I had some experience in the past with uh, broadcasting, because I had done uh, community radio in the past. So Mm. that was different, of course, but um, we we picked it up pretty quick. Yeah, very. So, Bartek, one of the technical questions is, what equipment do we use? Do you know what equipment do we use? Dude, I'm just going to sit back and let you talk. Oh, great. (laughs) We use microphones and stands. I'm the the (laughs) tech man, because I buy the tech. And I'm Bartek. That is a good point. You are Bartek. So we started out with one microphone because we were cheap. Mm. Um, and it was a Samson microphone, a USB microphone, and it worked for what we needed at the time. But eventually we upgraded to having like microphone stands and a microphone boom arm and uh, audio interface is always good if you're going to have multiple microphones so you can plug that into your computer. Uh, we have a Behringer uh, audio interface. We don't need a soundboard because for our show, we don't really need to manage it as, as technically as other shows might with, mm. with a mixer and a soundboard. We just have an audio interface to plug in our XLR cables, microphones. Um, I, we use condenser microphones. I like the sound of a condenser microphone. I like the look of one. I just like them more than a dynamic microphone. They kind of serve an easier purpose for what we do on our show. 
Uh, we're still using Samson microphones, Bartek. Um, they're basically yeah. just a nicer version of our old microphone, and these are uh, CO1U Samson condenser microphones. And uh, yeah, got them pretty good. Well, good you, deal. Yeah, you forgot about one other piece of equipment we used to use, which was that sandbag. <laughs> oh, yes, the sandbag to keep the microphone from falling down. Yeah. But we still have sandbags to keep the... Uh, yeah, the stands. The stands from falling down. So there you go. There's a bit they're of... They're even bigger, too. Yeah. Soundproofing on the wall and all that. Yeah, very mm. fancy. It was one of those things where it took us a while to upgrade the equipment, but it was one of those things of either wait a while and upgrade it fully or slowly upgrade it. And it was just like, no, nah, let's just wait and then bam, get it all done and have multiple microphones and kind of have all the stuff that you have, you know, pop filters so that you have less of that sound mm. on the microphone and all of that stuff and the cables and and you know a headphone amplifier so we can hear ourselves a bit better and all that kind of stuff it's and yeah and even with the audio it helped a lot too because when we just had the one microphone we pretty much sat in a line so like ryan was in the middle yeah the guest on the left me on the right the microphone was like right in front of ryan and we were mm. all like you know half a meter away so we had to like kind of work with that yeah yeah. But things are easier now. Oh, yeah. Not only are we talking in our own microphones, but there's a third microphone between the two of us right now. Yeah. I'm just too lazy to unscrew it. So, yeah. And audio programs. We used Audacity. We're recently changing over to Adobe Audition. Yeah. This is like the second thing we're recording on Audition, right? Yep. That's right. I'm getting used to the mechanics of it. But mm. uh, for those starting out and wanting to use free software, uh, Audacity is great. I worked well for us, and it was very user-friendly for mm. editing stuff, and very easy to use. So, for those starting out, that's what you should—that's what you should kind of go for. I—I I, I personally think uh, it depends. Cause, and yeah, also, you can you can record and also edit on that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It depends. You know, we we you know I have a a PC computer, so. You know, if you have Apple, you might have GarageBand, which might work better. I, I can't speak yeah, for that. If you're but... a Mac person, you, you probably know what you're doing. You're Mac, man. So, Bartek. No. We also get asked who made our logo. Our logo we is, that, yes. is our, our two little sausages, sausage versions of us polar sausages, mm -hmm. uh, leaning back to back. Yeah. Thumbs up and just arms crossed and happy-go-lucky. One of them has a beard, right? That's you, because yeah. you have a beard. Yeah. Do you remember who made our logo? Yes, certain boy who works with ink. Ink Boy. Ink Boy. Do you remember how I found Ink Boy? I believe you found his little marketing strategy of posting stickers around. Yes. In public, right? Yes, that's right. So our artist for our logo is a guy called Ink Boy. That's his artist name. I do believe his real name is Michael. Uh, and Ink Boy, yeah, he just had these cute stickers of that kind of... Osamu Tezuka inspired, I believe. Yeah, it was, that yeah. real kind of... Astro Boy. Yeah, that real Astro Boy retro kind of animation look to it. And I kind of really liked it. And I thought, great, because we were looking for a new logo at the time. And we had joked that we should have two sausages leaning. <laughs> <back>. <laughs> yeah, we did. And then, uh, then we followed through on it. And it has the Polish colors aesthetic to it as well. Yeah, red and white for everyone. Red and white. Know. White on top, red on bottom. Yeah, so it has that, and he, he's very good. If you're looking for some fun art to look at, check out Ink Boy. He's really good. I enjoy his style. He's, mm. he's, he's pretty great. Yeah, and obviously, and we're not saying this is always going to happen, but Ryan mainly communicated with him, and he said that Ryan's communication with him was so good, he gave us a bit of a discount. So if you're nice to him and you want his services, you'll be rewarded. Maybe, if you Maybe. speak well. 
So, Bartek, here's a big question and one that I often ask myself late at night. Mm. What is... The meaning of life. What is your favourite movie that you've had to watch for for both the shows? So, like, what, mm. I, what I'll break this down is what is your favourite movie that you had to watch for Unappreciated Masterpieces? Yep. And what's your favourite movie that you've had to watch for The Mystery Box? Bartek? I remember... Before we did the first episode, we watched Big Fat Liar. I was very happy with that because I I grew up with Nickelodeon at least from like you know yeah late childhood to my teens, um and that was produced and I, I don't remember if it was directed by Dan Schneider, so it felt very much like oh man, it's like I'm a kid again watching Nickelodeon. So that was a very good start, and then we did Thunderpants, and that was also great. So you know we started to show off with some really really strong films. Um, but I think the ones that I gravitated the most towards were, I'm kind of thinking either Oscar or Bubble Boy have always been like really, the really Sylvester close to The Sylvester Stallone me. movie Oscar and the Jake Gyllenhaal movie Bubble Boy? They were, I, I really, really enjoyed those two. Those are ones that you'd go back to and watch? I think so. I mean, no, one of the things I wanted to say is related to another question later on, we'll but, um, that out, but... but, um... At least with Bubble Boy, like, I really want to show that to some people at some point. That's one that I grew up with. I remember that, and, yeah. And as soon as I picked it, I knew it would be one of your favourites. I, I didn't know with Oscar, because I'd never seen Oscar before, but None after of, watching it, it we... I, I had assumed so. Because, Bartek, you have a real weakness for a plethora of characters. <laughs> you love a, really good a movie with a ton of characters. And Bubble Boy is, like, characters the movie. Danny Trejo shows up, but he's a hero. Well, and Thunderpants is also like that, too. Thunderpants, yes, but also a little less so. Like, mm. it's more focused on... Thunderpants is one of my choices for favourite films I've had to watch because um, it is just a great movie. Um, that one with characters, they come along with the narrative and and uh, Patrick Smash is primarily a main character. One, Bubble Boy, he's an Avatar character that kind of lets the other characters absorb his presence. So you remember mm. in Bubble Boy more the other characters than Bubble Boy himself, which is what that movie's supposed to do. Well, I, supposed I also like be... Jake Gyllenhaal, so I do remember him mm. too, but definitely the ensemble secondary characters. I mean, yeah. it had Brian George. <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite movies, of course, has to be Big Fat Liar because it's our first one, so it has a sentimental attachment for that. But also, it is one of those ones where where, yes, it inspired the podcast because I, I grew up with that movie, even though I'd never seen all of it, because whenever it came on TV, I'd missed a portion of it each time. But it's one of those movies that is just pure fun. Like, it is just children's entertainment. And we've discussed this a lot on our show over the years, which is I'm finding that live-action kids' movies aren't existing as much anymore. Like, yeah. I felt like we had a ton of them when we were kids, but now... Well, the Muniz era, like you always the say. The Muniz yeah. era, yeah. But, like, but now, at the moment, there seems to be more directed towards animation. And that's fine, but I feel like we're not hearing about as many live-action kids' movies, especially ones starring character actors like Paul Giamatti. Yeah. And so I have to say Big Fat Liar and, and Thunderpants is a close second, which, because which they're, to, they're, they're both just perfect. Which, to tie into the second part of the question, the mystery box, I mean, uh, Roborex... Worked really well for us, didn't it? Was that one of your favourites? I wouldn't say it's one of my favourites, but that was one of the big appeals of it, was that, you know, it's this really weird kind of film. It's not, like, the greatest quality, but it is for kids. 
And it's yeah, good. But it's good enough. My yeah. favorite that I've had to watch from the mystery box is uh, uh, it has to be Legend of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah, that was one of the ones I was thinking of. <laughs> Which apparently is a real uh, divisive Frosty movie for those in the Frosty <laughs> yeah, yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, you a bunch of things on YouTube. <laughs> Wasn't there like a guy I, having like a serious rant? Or yeah, something? and I think that's why I love it so much because the Frosty community uh, really divided on the Legend of Frosty Snowman, told and sung by Burt Reynolds, and I think that aspect of it is what I really, really mm. love about it. If it was this nature of you thinking it's going to be a musical with Burt Reynolds, if we're not going to go for like the so bad it's good ones from the mystery box, that one's definitely up there. Is is your favorite? You can you can say it by like you can say a root sticky doge. I know you. Look, it made me the biggest, all right? <laughs> no, it's 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 it is a bit tricky to choose because that one was really good and Murder Party was also well, really Well, Murder Party good. was a movie, yeah. as we said, more, as I said. More as, yeah, I was, I was looking through a list of like 13 episodes we've done. It's like, man, that's really like the most like mainstream feeling film. Yeah. We're um, not keeping up with the Steins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that true too, but uh that true. Yeah, that one was a bit weird. Because we, dis- unlike everything else, because we discovered box. a certain actor wasn't Jewish. You mean <laughs> Gary also- Marshall isn't Jewish? That was the biggest surprise. Uh, it's hard not to say Stardust as well because that's like, like our discovery of a so bad it's good film. But also, yeah, the quality isn't really there. I also really like Mr. Bones. At least my viewing experience with you guys. You're basically going to list off all of them. You know that, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, what am I going to say about, like, Deep Rescue Meteor Apocalypse? You loved them. You loved High Pitch Voice Guy and Pop Pop Ear Guy. <laughs> you like Pop Pop Ear Guy. Oh, yeah, I did. You had to like something in that movie. Um, I think I'm also going to go with Frosty, though, because... Frosty. It was, it was a lot of fun, and, I mean, we had Will with us, too, so... And Tom Kenny was in it. Everyone was in it, right? Uh, every, every, everyone was in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, let's not forget the classic line... What is this? <laughs> when he gets, what is this? When the kid gets... I always think of, Walter, me. call me! <laughs> <laughs> or when he's just like, Frosty's just like, let's just throw some fucking trash down this <laughs> snowy mountain and go skiing. Looking uh, looking over the town and this ridge, like, oh my god, what's he gonna do? Is it gonna be like anarchy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> also so, the family trivia night, man. There's just oh so many god. moments in that. That movie was actually pretty good. It was really good and also really satirical, like, Parody. It was insane. Yeah. That's the actual thing about that movie. It was it was actually insane. Everyone look up the Frosty the Snowman animated film that has Burt Reynolds in it. It's, it's on really YouTube good. for some reason. For some reason, a good reason, I hope. Um, now Bartek, another question we often get asked and asked ourselves is do you have a favorite episode of the show and what is it? Hmm. You can give an answer for both shows or just in general if you like. I, I think for Mystery Box it would have to be like between Mr. Bones and possibly Stardust mm. with like strong mentions to the other ones where we just had no idea what was going on like our confusion in Betaville and like finding emo but yeah Mr. Bones for the way that we tried to break that down yeah 
And uh, what was the other one I said? Clearly, I love it. Oh, uh, Stardust. Stardust. Yeah. For <laughs> I mean, we had to take a break from talking about it just to talk about their house because we had to mention it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stardust is one of my is my favorite as well because yeah. uh, favorite episode of Mystery Box because that movie was insane. We had our good friend Will on there, and we want to watch it again at some we w- point. We too. do, we do. I also enjoyed Betaville just because that movie was so nonsensical and poor, poor Jules, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I'm definitely going to bring up Betaville on some of the later questions, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Unappreciated masterpieces, though. Now nah, that's a tough one. Yeah. For, uh, I, for you, at least. I, I know mine. I've always known I, oh, mine. Oh, I, I know mine. I know mine. But um, I also just want to say that part of my... my oh, no, this is also related to another question. I like to listen to the episodes. Yeah. And of the ones that I've listened to, I remember Flipper was always up there. Flipper's and, gone. you know, the Oscar episode and uh, Bubble Boy were also pretty close to my heart. But recently... <laughs> I listened to our episode from 2017 on Entrapment, (laughs) and I feel like that episode had so many points that just hit the mark for our comedy that I think that one has to be my favourite now. Entrapment Uh, with uh, Sam Langsford. uh, Oh, yeah, and that's a movie starring Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery, the funniest duo for a romantic pairing, one Uh, could say. That one, yeah, that movie isn't even, like, one of my favourites, but I do remember in the episode I brought up that, like... After I'd finished watching and I thought back on it, I, I was kind of fond of it. Yeah, and that was one I hadn't seen before and I only picked it because mm. I saw the poster, which yeah. was Sean Connery's <laughs> giant face <laughs> covered in lasers. Um, my favourite is our episode on Annie from two thousand, uh, mm. the 2014 movie Annie, the movie that... that one's been your favourite for like two years, yeah. Uh, I have brought that up in conversation so much that episode like every time we talk about it with other podcasters or whatever it's often like i often go it's cameron diaz's last ever movie and what a movie to end your career on because (laughs) annie is an insane movie that i walked into thinking oh i'll have a lot to say on this one and then bartek also had a lot to say and Mm. i guess madison carter also had a lot to say and we all had different things to say. It was one of those ones where we didn't really overlap in the same knowledge. And that also, that episode, I was incredibly sick. I was sniffly and snotty, but it's still like we were just so on point with our jokes and also our commentary on the movie as well, because you had not really heard of the Annie musical that much. You thought mm. you were watching Carrie. Yeah, I got them mixed up. I, I had it to the humour. Yeah, I, 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 had, I had the idea of Little Orphan Annie in my head, but I... Little Orphan Carrie. Uh, but I got my first name females A close up. second for me is the film The X mm. that we did with our friend Amanda Santacchoni because I nearly broke my rib laughing so hard at Amanda casually line. saying that Jason Bateman looks exactly like a hamburger and that cracked me up. <laughs> and it was like so innocent too. That's a fun episode, but yeah, Annie, it was our first musical, I do believe, wasn't it? Was I believe it? so. And it was a fucking great movie to talk about. Yeah, I, that one was a standout for me. Now, Bartek, one of the other things that we have to ask ourselves other than like what is the favorite things that we cover on the show and what is it but what film have we covered do we think is the most unappreciated and i do think thunderpants gets a big reward there but i also want to ask you 
How appreciated is Down With Love? I think that's really unappreciated because in our episode we talked about that. Every single person that I interacted with that knew that movie was like, oh no, that's a bad movie, ooh. Mm. And then I watched it and it was great. Yeah. It was a well-crafted movie. Peyton Reed is the director who later goes on to do the Ant-Man movies and uh, I think it's stylish. That's a good good one to mention. I wasn't even going to... Use that. I, my yeah. answer is Thunderpants. Thunderpants and Down with Love are the two that immediately came into my head. Thunderpants is so unappreciated. Like it has. If we're a, going by IMDb, oh yeah. It's, and then people I've met, they're like, "That movie's stupid." I'm like, "No, it's a piece of genius and art." That movie. Here's the thing about uh, Thunderpants. I like listening to other podcasts, mm. and I like to see other podcasts that talk about movies we talk about because I like to get new perspectives and stuff. And I have found. Everyone who talks about Thunderpants in some way, shape, or form usually has the guise of their show under talking about shit movies or bad movies or so bad it's good kind of movies. Mm. And and each show that I've listened to have fallen under the love of the movie. They they genuinely or appreciate and enjoy the movie, but then they have to revert back to what the show's format is, which is saying it's a shit movie. Yeah. I've listened to several podcasts where each host of each of these podcasts enjoy the movie for what it set out to be, which was an entertaining farce, farce whimsical, surreal kids movie. And then they revert back to the end by saying, but it's shit, though, because... And then they have no real reason, because their reasons are what the movie achieved. And I, I think that's what really makes it unappreciated. That movie, man, it's, it's... I was lucky to have grown up with that movie. There are people out there like yourself, Bartek, who didn't have that pleasure. Yeah, I was aware of it, because I remember when... Uh, video rental stores. When I was growing up, we called them video libraries. Um, ah, very fancy. <laughs> I didn't have that. <laughs> It was my Polish family describing what they were. Um, yeah, I remember th- there was a copy there, and my mom was like, oh, look, it's got Ron in it, and it's about a boy who farts, but w- that day we just happened to borrow something else. But I'd always, like, remembered in my head, it's like, oh, Ron Weasley was in a film about a boy that farts. and It was his second movie, too, right after Philosopher's Stone. Sorry, you took me back there, because I was about to say it's the second film we've done on the podcast. And it was his second movie. <laughs> uh, and it was his second film. So the fact that we got that out of the way early, and I saw how good it was you and, know that really left a strong impression on me and that's the thing like that movie not only is it a unique stupid silly premise but it takes it seriously like mm. it, it builds this world the fact that it all takes place in one week basically is <laughs> insane but the color palette and the scenery and the acting and like it had There's really conscious sharp, design, yeah. sharp direction in that movie even though it's a silly kids movie and I, I really condemn a lot of these podcasts and, and videos that talk about Thunderpants because they don't, like, I, I feel annoyed because they don't stand by the convictions that they actually enjoyed it and that maybe the internet or the mainstream th- views of it are, are wrong. Yeah. They, they want to go with the flow. While we, 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 we went against that. We're like, this movie's great. It's fantastic. And, and, we, and we did a whole commentary track on it. And you can listen to it, and I'm, I'm, I knew that both our answers w- would be that one primarily. But yeah, Downward Love's a good one too. Yeah, I, I hadn't even heard of it before having to do it yeah, for the show, too. and I'm glad that I have seen it now because I love myself some Ewan McGregor, and he's a sexy beast in that movie. <laughs> he really is. Um, Mount Bartek, we just finished 2018. It's now 2019, but uh, I thought this would be a fun one to ask. What? What film in 2018 do you think was the most unappreciated? Well, Ryan, 
I truly am the authority on this because I've seen two 2018 <laughs> films and you've seen a handful. Yeah. So between the two I've seen, which are, of course, Black Panther. Panther. Sorry, I was thinking of birds for some reason. Like, what was it again? Panther. <laughs> Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody. One of them has received insane acclaim, so therefore that means that by default, <laughs> the most unappreciated film of 2018 is officially Bohemian Rhapsody. Wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go that way. Bohemian Rhapsody just won Golden Globe. But it's not Black Panther, so it's the lesser oh, of the two. Oh, you're right. It isn't Black Panther because, let's be honest, guys, Black Panther, it did the thing no other movie in 2018 was doing, which was talking about racial issues, primarily black issues, because no other films did that this in 2018. Definitely not Sorry to Bother You or Blind Spotting. No, no, no. It wasn't like 2018 was actually a great year for those types of movies that often actually got overlooked because people saw Black Panther and thought that was the uh, best one for that. No, no, no. 2018 wasn't an unappreciated year for those types of movies because big blockbuster superhero movies that are actually shallow and cheap um, uh, took more praise. No, 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 no. The real unappreciated masterpiece of 2018 was Black Panther, a movie <laughs> I didn't even see. Because apparently I'm a racist because I didn't see it. Well, I saw it, but I wasn't into it. So. You told me, and I, <laughs> I can't get over this. And I had watched a review where the reviewer said this, but the review I watch is often a joke. He's a, he's a joker. Yeah. So then when you told me in the movie, the 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 sister looks at his sandals and says, "What are those?" Yeah, she like transitions. Like he brings up something like a. Oh, you know, something, something shoot. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I have a question for you. What are those? And, it's like, and I just couldn't believe you. Yeah, I, you uh, looked at me mouth agape and you were like, you're because, lying. Because <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> because even Show Dogs wasn't that out of touch. And I saw that in the cinema because that's the real unappreciated masterpiece of 2018. A movie that was G-rated and had to be removed from cinemas to be re-edited so it could be G-rated. <laughs> That movie is a fucking fever dream, and if you haven't seen Show Dogs, my god, you haven't seen Stanley Tucci's best work since The Core. My god, that was an unappreciated masterpiece. I wish you were there to see it with me in the cinema, Barza, because it was just so pathetic and sad, but also hysterical. Like, Will Arnett has a problem. He just is constantly in things with animals, like G-Force, and he plays Bojack Horseman, and 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 he just he just wants to be an animal. I think Wolf Arnett's a furry, is what I'm trying to get at. But that... So listen to our Chicken Little episode on what, if you want to know what a furry is. Um, Bartek's an expert, <laughs> yep. aren't you, Bartek? Yeah, so basically, I've only seen two films from 2018, so it's the one that was like slightly less super hyped. I guess that's the unappreciated one. So what, wait, what's your one? So it's show dogs. It's show dogs, man. You gotta have show dogs as your answer all the time, every time. So Bartek, this is a fun one. What are some films that you don't like that others do? Mm. I know it's a hard one. Yeah, um, I thought of some answers before, but now I'm just kind of slipping. Well, I'll I'll start us out. I hate the Matrix. Um, and I hate the whole series of The Matrix, which isn't an unpopular opinion, that part, but hating The Matrix has often got me into a lot of fights, uh, because I studied film, and that means, Ryan, if anyone should understand The Matrix, it's you definitely should love The Matrix. I do not love The Matrix, I find it boring... I found it dated when it came out, and I was Mm. a small child, and even as a small child... 
I found it dated. Now, that being said, I I don't want people out there to be like, well, you haven't given it a chance, because that's what everyone says to people who don't like movies that are often loved. I have given The Matrix a chance. I have watched it six times. That's enough times for me to say it is boring. And the thing that I just could never buy into, into the immersion of the whole thing, is Keanu Reeves as an office worker drone schlub guy. I could never buy it. It's like trying to buy Arnold Schwarzenegger as... Uh, as a carpet salesman in Jingle All The Way. Mm. Like, it is impossible for me to buy into Keanu Reeves being the common everyday guy because he is so over the top and everything he is. He's just extraordinary. That's why we like him in John Wick because we buy into that Keanu Reeves is a guy who can do this. Sorry, were we answering films that we like that others don't? Oh, fuck. I, I thought it was <laughs> ones that we don't like that others do like, Bartek. So I thought you were going to at least, like, I didn't like The Matrix because I liked this particular no. film or something like that. No, no. What are some films that you don't like that others do like? Oh, okay. The Matrix. The next one is the exact question you're thinking of, which is what films we like that others don't. Right. I hate The Matrix. That's a classic one. I like Hugo Weaving, I'm not saying I like him in it. I just like Hugo Weaving. I mean, I can't rightfully say I like him in it because he's got a terrible American accent. Uh, it's just terrible. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could argue it adds to the realism of the fact that he's artificial because the accent's artificial. You know that if you're saying that, you're just making excuses for that movie, right? You you know, deep down in your soul, <laughs> that's an excuse because you want to like the fact that it has this cool sci-fi idea. But the thing is, I grew up on sci-fi. I've, I've grown up on Star Trek. I've grown up on Babylon 5. All these shows, all these movies. So when The Matrix rocked around, it wasn't a new idea to me. It was like a really old idea. And you've it wasn't a, done in a very interesting way to me. You've said that of a couple of sci-fi things over the years, like Star Trek Into Darkness and... Um, Inception. Inception. There was also another one I was thinking of, I forgot. But There's many. Oh yeah, um, I think it was the new Star Trek one, the the Last Jedi. I think you were saying Star Wars. Oh, oh no, sorry, yeah, Star Wars. I think Star Wars in general, actually, because you were saying like people suck at the dick of saying like, oh, these are some great ideas, and you were like, oh, Star Trek's already done them though. Yeah, Star Trek already did most of them, but it's the ex- I'll give Star Wars the benefit, the original trilogy. It's the execution of how you do these things, mm. but. Um, and nothing else was like that in the movies, but like... And I suppose also it's a film series versus a long-running TV show. That's exactly so, right. Like a Simpsons did it kind of thing's going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess for that question, I, I don't hate as many films as I like or don't get. There are some films that I've seen that, like, I want to watch one more time just to see, like, if I get them again, like, finally get them or have them explained to me. Like, even Black Panther just there. I saw it with a group of friends... And I walked out being like, oh, that wasn't that great. And the only one that agreed with me was our friend Oliver. Whereas the other, like, three people I saw were like, oh, that was great. Ten out of ten. I'm like, what about this? Okay, fine. Nine out of ten. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just didn't get it. Man, fair enough. Now, Bartek, now we get to the question. What are some films that you like that other people don't like? Oh, that's that and you is. can't pick Thunderpants. <laughs> oh, well, the joke I was going to do was listening every episode. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, um, it's a hard one, because mm. I was looking through my list, and I'm like, I have movies that people haven't seen, but not necessarily people don't like. I, yeah, I could probably think of like many Bollywood films that fall under that category as well. 
Um, what I'll... about from unappreciated? Well, I mean, we kind of already. It's the whole about show. Our favorite ones, yeah. I'm gonna say a movie. This is a movie I found weirdly divisive, but I think it's great. Mm. We've watched it. The Guest. Yeah, yeah, we watched that. The Guest from 2014 with Dan Stevens, directed by the guys who did, uh, directed by the guy who did uh, Your Next. That movie, a great portion of people I've uh, that I know who have seen that movie hate that movie. And I've found out that a lot of the people that saw that movie didn't like it because they were expecting more of a direct slasher horror movie. Yeah, you've, yeah. And that movie, to me, if you haven't seen it, go see it. But be aware that it isn't a like your your, your Jason or your Freddy type movie. It's a it's a black comedy Halloween esque type Halloween set type movie where. It's kind of hard to pin down what kind of genre it is, but it's funny. Yeah, it I, is funny. I know. We watched it last year with a group of people, and after that night, you know, I, I was driven home by one of them, and they were talking in the car, like, oh, you know, Ryan kept saying that this is a really funny movie, but I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really find it that funny. But then, like that. yeah, but then half of us were laughing hysterically at it, including yourself. Mm. Because, I don't know, it's one of those ones where, you, that's a black comedy. Yeah, it is, definitely. Yeah, and black comedies strike different chords with people. I mean... We one of our friends Reese asked this question on social media, and you said Big Daddy. Yeah, I had reasons for saying that outside of it being genuine, but yeah. But I thought everyone loves Big Daddy, and I'm that one idiot that's like Big Daddy sucks. Well, I know for me, I, I think it it was kind of weird because I was like in my teens when I learned the notion that people generally don't like Adam Sandler films because. Growing up, I don't know if it's because I'm from a Polish family and Polish humor is different, but I've always thought that Adam Sandler was like, oh, everyone likes him. Especially because since, like, one of the big ones that all people talk about are, like, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore that a lot of people do like. Yeah. Um, so, and Big Daddy, I saw that when I was a kid, so obviously, you know, my sense of humor was a bit more basic then, and every time I saw it, it was just like, oh, I remember liking this, and I'd watch it again, like, laugh at a few things. Yeah, part of the reason I wrote Big Daddy on Facebook was like, oh, I wonder if Ryan will see this. I didn't expect a huge argument to break out about Big Daddy, though. No, no, it broke out about mainly you should watch Jack and Jill, and I said if that's your argument to defend Adam Sandler, you don't have any argument. <laughs> I, I did watch the section that he was talking about, and I, uh, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was something. So, yeah, Adam Sandler is one of those guys that's people like him. Mm. I used to like some of his things, but like... I haven't seen much of his recent stuff. I think my biggest problem with Adam Sandler is there are a lot of great movies that he makes, but the thing that ruins them is the Adam Sandler comedy. Mm. (laughs) Like, Fifty First Dates is a movie I genuinely enjoy. In retrospect, like, when after I watch it, I think about it, I'm like, I enjoy that movie because my brain is removing the Rob Schneider parts or the fart joke parts and remembering the romance part. Mm. And I feel like Adam Sandler with stuff like The Wedding Singer, for example, that's a good movie. And the comedy in that movie is a lot more toned down in comparison to his more overt comedy movies like Billy Madison. And I feel like he's actually a really good romantic leading man type character, mm. character actor where... He isn't necessarily your, your Ryan Reynolds type, but I feel like him and Drew Barrymore and a few other people have had great on-screen chemistry, but I feel like what ruins those those movies is the comedy. The the Adam Sandler comedy yeah, comes in. Like, I like Click. Yeah. But then the Adam Sandler comedy comes in and ruins Click. And it's also a bit weird because, from what I understand, his 
like stand up stuff is often considered like good quality. Yeah, like I haven't looked. I've into never it. got into a stand up, if I'm honest. I've never. It's very American. I feel mm. it's very frat boy, college boy humor type, and that's not really something I can connect with as an Australian. And yeah, fair enough. But from what I understand, the general consensus is like his comedy movie is not good, but his stand up is all right. Yeah, but you know who is great? Frankie mm. Muniz. Ooh, Frankie Muniz. Do you have a favorite Frankie Muniz film? Honestly, the the ones that I've seen are actually the four that we've done on the show, but I feel like I've seen a lot more because he was such a huge presence in that Muniz era. He was he was yeah. being a teen boy. That's what he was. Like he was a preteen preteen boy. That's he, for that era. He mm. was the one. And he I was f- the Macaulay Culkin of that time. Yeah, and I feel like of those four, which are the Cody Banks duo, Racing Stripes, and Big Fat Liar, I think Big Fat Liar is definitely one of the strongest there because he he had this like charming, sort of rebellious character to him, and it was yeah. a comedy film that had a lot of fun hijinks. I agree. It's Big Fat Liar. <laughs> uh, I think he's really good in it, and uh, you got to love Paul Giamatti, of course. But, you know, I like the first Agent Cody Banks. It's pretty fun, too. Oh, with Agent Cody Banks, like, obviously it's Frankie Muniz. We like Frankie Muniz. But those had really good supporting casts as well. Ian McShane and Blackface in that one scene <laughs> is, a good, is a good one. Blackface, Blueface, every face. So, Bartek, we have some questions from some we listening people. We have questions people in the QA? In, from listening people. Our good friend Reese McKenzie, who's been on the podcast numerous times, Barely. has offered us one. Um, so this is his question. I'm just going to read them verbatim. Yep. So having seen Bohemian Rhapsody, I do believe it deserved best actor for Rami Malek at the Golden Globes, but as a best film drama winner, I believe this was a misstep. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Well, referring to my previous answer for that previous question, if it's between that and Black Panther, then that's all I can really base it off of. I know you've seen more films, so you can probably, you know, have a Here's the thing. opinion. Here's the thing. It's a tough one. Oh, you also haven't seen it. So I haven't seen yeah. it, but I know enough about it. Here's the thing. I understand why there's drama about it, because you ask the question, should it have been nominated for a drama, or should it have been nominated in the comedy musical? Because... Oh, yeah, they mix the, comedy musical, don't they? They do. Yeah. Hence the Martian one. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Well, it's not a musical, so it must be a comedy. Yeah. Um... And that's the thing. You have to question, with Bohemian Rhapsody, it doesn't fall under comedy, necessarily. Like, it might have a comedic feel to it, but it's not a proper comedy movie, is it, Bart? Like, would you say? No, I mean, like most films, there are, like, you know, little funny lines here and there, and there are some running jokes. Um, but aside from, you know, the fact that he's playing a caricature... Well, not caricature, but, like, a character, mm. real-life famous person, there is some, you know, comedy value there. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's not marked as a comedy. But then you go, well, musical, right? It's about the band, they play the songs. But my issue with that is, to be a musical movie, I feel that you... um have to be a certain type of genre of a musical movie. But mm. also, I think one of the problems that people have with Bohemian Rhapsody being considered a musical, and same with myself, is it's not like they did what Walk the Line did, which was have people re-record the songs and sing it themselves. Like, like so Joaquin Phoenix sang as Johnny Cash. Mm. In Bohemian Rhapsody, they just have it as the song's queen performed with Freddie Mercury's voice coming out of Rami Malek's mouth and not like Rami Malek could sing as Freddie because no one can, basically. But, like, that makes it tricky. Is that a musical? 
then if you're using pre-existing songs being voiced being lip-synced and air guitar and you know what i mean like well, i don't well, think also, that's a musical well, also what i'd say there is um you know when you think of a musical you think like actual full musical sequences whereas yeah this film was very heavy on like having a queen soundtrack and like them yep. having performances little bits and it's not until like the very end of the film that you get like the, the that big concert um was it live aid yeah 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 the big live aid thing where they have like basically a real time four songs in a row being performed on a stage and that's like the closest it comes to like a typical musical where you have like almost a full song and a sequence of them performing on stage but then it becomes sort of like a concert video-ish kind of thing mm. so it's it's heavy on the queen's soundtrack but it's not a musical in the sense of like you'd put it on like a stage or something like that and then you go well is it the best drama of the year and um, I don't think so. And I haven't even seen it. There's so many great movies that got overlooked this year. Like... Last year. Blind, oh, 2018, that's right. Uh, like, Blind Spotting was a great movie that, that didn't get enough appreciation. And uh, uh, Sorry to Bother You was a great movie. The Favourite. You know, these are, these are real movies that you could consider to be drama-worthy. Sorry to Bother You's got more of a comedic tone, but then it sharply kicks you in the head with the drama. But, like, the favourite is one that I could point out and be like, well, that's clearly a drama. It has comedic moments in it, but that's clearly something that you could see winning and probably might even win an Oscar. But, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, to me, from the outside, having not seen it, just it seems like one of those, it was a crowd pleaser. So, I'll give it an award. I'll say this. It does this well, but thinking back on it, the plot really does feel like the generic, like, oh, rise and fall from grace and then rise again kind of story that you could think of, like, with any generic, um, you know, band film. Like, it does it well, but when you break it down, it is pretty much just another one of those. So, our next question's a bit of a mouthful. Um, yeah, this... I didn't know how to... I don't know how to answer this one. Yeah, this was one from my stepbrother, who... He asked a question about, um, you know, award shows, like specifically the Oscars, but I don't think he watches a lot of them. So he was under the impression that like music videos have a category there, or if there are mm-hmm. any like music videos we know that should win like an award of some sort. And I mean, do you know music videos? I know some. Yeah. but Basically any music video by OK Go should win one. <laughs> I mean, that's the real answer, because they're, they're fucking insane with their music videos. Like, OK Go are the ones who did the treadmills. Mm. You've seen that one, right? Where, Probably, I don't know. Where they've got, uh, like, six or eight treadmills, like, pointing at each other, so four and four, like, like that towards each other, and they're just dancing on them and walking on them mm. and sliding from one to the other and jumping around, mm. and it's all in one take. Yeah, but also another thing with this question was that I was noticing for the questions that we did get from people, a lot of them were, like, asking us for our opinions on things with cinema in general, not so much about the podcast. Mm. So I was thinking of, what if we retool this question to be about what's our favourite musical sequence? From the podcast. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, and so when I reworded the question, I like listed a bunch of films there in order of that we did them that are either <laughs> musicals 
or that they had some sort of musical sequence in them. The audacity of you putting down a Wobot's Christmas. <laughs> I mean, to I be mean, fair, that's one of the few we've done on the show that's actually a musical, though. So. Um, my answer to the best musical sequence we've done on the show would have to easily be the... I can't remember the exact song, but the one of Cameron Diaz in the film Little Annie. Girls. Little Girls. <laughs> where she's singing to herself, and she's crawling around all over the floor like an animal. And it's Cameron Diaz. Yes. You might you might hate me for this thing because you just brought up the Wobots thing. Obviously I I listed them in order, like but before I listed them in order on the in the document, I wrote down the ones that I could think off the top of my head mm-hmm. that were musicals, and then I looked through the list and filled them in. For some reason I didn't think of Grease 2. <laughs> well, reproduction from Grease 2 is also pretty good. But my answer has to, my answer has to be do it for our country though. <laughs> do it for our country. That is a that is a classic. Now, Bartek, we get to have a fun time. Which Lo- is from Greece too. Which yeah. is from Greece too. Lachlan, our good friend uh, Lachlan Redfern, asked us for to for an ideal pitch for a Danny DeVito project. Mm. What do you think is an ideal pitch for a Danny DeVito project, other than casting him as Detective Pikachu like they should have? Well, Ryan, I ask you this question: What do Jackie Chan, Mr. T, and Mike Tyson have in common? They haven't been in a movie with Danny DeVito as his co- as their coach. That's a good one. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> they are <laughs> him as Mike Tyson's coach. What are you doing? Did you just bite that guy's ear off? <laughs> no, no, no. They are male actors who've had their own Saturday morning cartoon shows. <laughs> oh, are you suggesting we have a Danny, Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito is a male actor, but he doesn't have a Saturday morning cartoon show. It would be drawn like the Adventure Time cartoon. <laughs> Give Danny DeVito a Saturday morning cartoon show so that even kids can get it. What would you call it? Uh, I mean, the most generic answer would be like The Adventures of Danny DeVito. <laughs> But honestly, hearing those words, I would like to know what adventures he's on. I would too. It's him and his ex-wife, Rhea Perlman, and they're trying to get their marriage back together. And also, like those other shows, you have to have, like, values for kids. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't he, know about the Mike Tyson one, but the other two. He, sure he'd lean in. Danny DeVito, there'll be no values until the end when he leans in and just goes, the value of this episode is don't trust anyone. And then he walks and then credits. Also, we have to end them with, like, similar sequences to The Adventures of Jackie Chan, where live-action Jackie Chan gets asked questions like, hey, Jackie, what's your favourite ice cream? And then he just lists yes. a bunch of flavours or something. I would love... Uh, hey, Danny... What is your favorite piece of trash? I'm the trash man. <laughs> hey, Danny, what's your favorite Pokemon? What the oh. fuck is a Pokemon? Pokemon? <laughs> I'm my favorite Pokemon. So that is our ideal pitch for a Daddy DeVito project. I oh, agree. our one. Okay. I, I, I basically... Okay, I'll tell you mine. Mine was initially going to be a sports movie starring Danny DeVito. So you know how in Rocky you have the montages and he's jumping up and down on the stairs and he's doing the punching in the air and like all that, all that stuff. I wanted a really warming, like feel-good sports movie where Danny DeVito has to become a shot put champion. <laughs> <laughs> he has to learn how to be able to lift the shot put up without falling over. And then the fight, and his coach... He's struggling, but yeah. And his coach is Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. And then, and, then, and then he just throws... That can be an episode of The Adventures of Danny DeVito. The Adventures of Danny DeVito, in which he learns how to become an Olympic shot put champion. In one episode. 
in one episode. No, no, it's a whole season. <laughs> season, <laughs> arc. <laughs> season arc. So our good friend, my good friend Maggie asked, what day is today? What day is it today? Pass. Now, here's a problem with this question, Maggie. Time is a human construct, and really there is no such thing as a day because we're just measuring it from the sun. But is that really the right right way to measure a day out? And when you ask what day is it today, do we answer what day you asked that question or what day we recorded or what day this gets published? These are the things you've got to ask yourself. Or if we answer what day it is today and the listening person's listening to this in the future in like 20 years time and it's not the day that we said it is there's a one in seven chance that it is you know that's the problem maggie i mean how are we going to ever be able to answer this question it's actually a really unfair question for you to ask and i'm fairly embarrassed that you asked (laughs) you you sort of shot out shot us in the foot though because (laughs) yesterday you said hey we're recording the q a episode tomorrow so people can look at like oh what day was that posted okay what days after that but they don't know that that was a thing in 20 years time they'd have to go and find what Facebook and Twitter was. Look, let's be fair. It's either Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Could or, be Saturday. Or the, or if you're in the future and they've invented a new day. Well, what happened to the leap day? Exactly. It's now Twursday. <laughs> <laughs> Twerk day. So, um, Lachlan again asked the Whoa. important question of... Why does Ryan, which is me, look exactly like the noted Melbourne artist Stark Reality? I think there's an easy answer to this, which is um, I am very impressionable Mm. and I like to mimic what other people look like. So maybe tomorrow I'll look like Bartek, you know, grow a beard overnight, comb my hair over one eye and um, have a slight slouch because I had a a spinal injury a couple years back. Uh, and maybe tomorrow, and maybe the day after that, I'll look like Lachlan. I mean, I'm a chameleon. I'm I, I'm ditto. That's what Pokemon I am. Yeah. I think that's the easy answer to that one, Lachlan. Now, uh, uh, another podcast came in, Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, an up-and-coming Australian podcast. Yeah. They asked us the very important question of, if you were stuck on an island with three characters from movies or a TV show, who would they be and why? I thought about this question a lot. I knew you would. I, I could see you being like, <laughs> how many Arutsuki Doji characters can I have? Well, funny thing is, when I was thinking of all my possible answers, Ditto was one of my <laughs> thoughts at some point. But no, it, it, this is an interesting one because there are many different ways you can like answer it. And the three ways that I basically thought of were like, you know characters to help you get off the island, characters to help you stay on the island for as long as possible until help arrives, or characters that you will spend the rest of your life with until you die on the island. Mm. And I kind of wanted to avoid, like, the getting off the island one because it felt like, you know, a bit of an easy answer kind of thing. But ultimately, the the decision that I've come up with was to get off the island, but I made sure not to make it, like, too super easy with my options. So that being said, the three characters that I pick, and they are from, you know, completely different facets of entertainment. There's, like, a well-known movie character. Oh, no. A not-so-well-known TV show character, and an unappreciated masterpieces character. Good choices. The character that I pick from a well-known movie is the genie from Aladdin. You mean the Will Smith one? Either one. Doesn't matter. (laughs) I need his wishes, but I'm not going to make it too easy. The character from a TV show, I, I decided to only pick one anime character because I didn't want to be too obscure. 
I meant Screech. I'm surprised you didn't pick him. Yeah, my favorite anime. No, no, I'm just saying for a TV <laughs> show, I'm surprised you didn't go with Saved by the Bell. I mean, he's a smart science guy, but it's an island. I can't. But nobody knows science. why he's called Screech, and you need that knowledge on an island. I mentioned this anime way back in our Flipper episode. It's called Cremati High School, which is about <sighs> a bunch of delinquents of you know different persuasions in this one school, and one of the characters in this show is Mekazawa. He is a robot delinquent, but he does not realise he is a robot, and no one is polite enough to tell him that he is a robot. One of the gags in an episode is that he gets turned into a motorcycle, and for my answer, I need him to be in his motorcycle form. Okay. And my third character is Michael from Greece, the main character. Why? He's such a fucker boy. Why do you need him? Well... Here's the thing, Ryan. You could probably piece together the fact that I need Mechazawa to be a motorcycle. Oh, right. I need... I don't know how to ride a motorcycle, so I need... A cool cool rider. I need Michael to teach me how to ride a motorcycle. Okay. So I will train with Michael and Mechazawa on the island to get really good at motorcycle riding. And once I get good, I'm going to turn to the genie and I'm going to tell him, Genie, I got my three wishes. Motorcycle can ride on water... Infinite fuel and some cool sunglasses. Well, talking about cool sunglasses, I limited myself to uh, unappreciated masterpiece characters, Ooh. and I've chosen every Frankie Muniz character that we've done on the show, pretty much done on the show. So, okay, I've chosen Jason Shepard from Big Fat Liar. I've chosen Agent Cody Banks. Oh, that was his name, yeah. And uh, Stripes. <laughs> I can't remember what his name was. Stripes. I think from it was Stripes. Because in one of the reviews, they call him Stropes, I think. Stropes. Um, Stropes. So here's the thing. Jason's going to be really good at being able to craft us some props from movie sets to use. So maybe he'll make us some, like, you know those big bouncy things that stuntmen fall into? Like the mm-hmm. big air bubble cushion things? Yep. Crash mats, I think they're called. Whatever. He'll make us one of those so we can float that on the water, you see. Well, well, here's the thing. Agent Cody Banks, he's got all the tech in the world. He's got those sunglasses that we all wanted as a child. And he, if I, if I do recall my memory, he was good at skateboarding. I think so. He was so good that that was on the poster. And he's going to set up a skateboard ramp with a satellite, of course, because he was Agent Cody Banks. He needs to call in on his little earbud. And Stripes, well, Stripes, here's he's the thing. Stripes is the best race horse that wasn't a horse. Hmm. And we all get on his back, you see, and he gives us a little Frankie Muniz quip of some <laughs> sort, like, geez, heavy. <laughs> Such a classic Muniz. Oh, boy. We all get on his back, and he takes, like, he goes from one side of the island to the other and does, like, a super speed run like you do in Spyro, where you yeah, just... Supercharge, yeah, supercharge, yeah. Supercharge. And he goes on the ramp, and we go off, and we bounce on the map. Boing! And we just keep going. We bounce off that until we land. You, you bounce land. with a high enough inertia slash velocity until yep. you land on land. Yep. Okay, exactly, and cool. that's and that's how we we survived this island trick. I yeah. thought it would I be great s- to pick every Frankie character. I'm very impressed that your island had you know materials to help you build a skateboard ramp, this high jump mat, and well, technology. Uh, well, wood man, and just um tops, <laughs> tops. <laughs> See, I had to think. I had to pick a robot. Well, no, the, some of it was built by satellites. <laughs> so. Um, thank you for that, Dem Fancy Dinosaurs. Um, they're a great podcast. You guys should very much check them out. 
Um, now, Bartek, you put this one here. How do you decide what films to do on unappreciated masterpieces? Mm. We both have very different thought process. Uh, I mean, we both have similar, but we both will chuck very odd ones at each other. Yeah. What's your thought process on ones that you, you want to do on unappreciated masterpieces? Well, I think one universal rule that you and I like to work off of is anything that has 6.9 or lower on IMDb can be a candidate. Not saying that every single thing below it, but that that's kind of the thing that we yeah. want to happen when we pick a thing. Yeah. Um, and then we have to, obviously, it, unlike Mystery Box, we do have to know, you know something about these films. Um, looking at the reception it's received, or maybe like how much it's talked about, or if we remember once upon a time it was talked about. Honestly, I'm actually very, very impressed that we've gone, you know, 130-something episodes without accidentally picking something that is too good, or that like afterwards you find out, oh shit, no, that's uh, actually too people good. Was, people said that about... Uh, uh... Bend it like Beckham. Yeah, but I then, thought that. But then they rewatched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you justified that to me because that was one that I'd heard of and heard good mm-hmm. things about, and I was like, oh, "Are you sure?" Yeah, yeah, man. Not enough people went back and saw it again. Yeah, so I, I think those are kind of like universal things that we mm. talk about. You you tend to have the ideas for most of them. Like one of the ones that I can think of that I picked was, um, catch that kid or suddenly thirty or. Yes, I was surprised that that was one of my ones because at one point I made a list of some potential films, and a good portion of which we've done now. Yeah, and like we've done most of those films, and I'd forgotten what I put on that list, and then like a couple of months ago I looked, and I'm like, oh geez, we've done Dukes of Hazzard and Thirteen Going on Thirty, which which was a, one of the films that you picked with your fiance. I think. Yeah, she was like, that's a great film. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Bartek suggested. Uh, look, yeah, there's a lot of thought process that goes into it sometimes it's the rating sometimes it's the cast involved so when you Mm. see a david spade led movie that no one's heard about that's usually a good choice yeah or like sometimes it's the poster sometimes i see a poster when i'm looking at unappreciated masterpieces i'm i'll google them look them up on imdb or whatever and you get the recommended movies and sometimes you get entrapment that was one that i saw recommended when i was looking up another movie i can't remember what that movie i was looking up was and i just saw sean connery's big old face with lasers (laughs) in front of it and i said "Mm, sam langsford would be up for this like that was my in the episode you said i think that this is a film sam grew up on and then when we did the episode (laughs) it was a film he grew up on I knew it so yeah it's just a feeling kind of thing you know you just kind of look at it because we can't always do ones that we've seen because sometimes we've rarely done ones that I've seen actually Bartek hasn't seen as as many movies as I have especially growing up I feel like in growing up terms I've seen more movies that were directed towards us when we were children than you Mm. but that being said I've seen pretty much like two movies that we've done on this show in the cinema (laughs) I've had a few. And you've yeah. done you've had many, but like Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Red Riding Hood, Gulliver's Travels, uh Three Musketeers, yeah, there's quite a number. So sometimes we just have Scooby-Doo's. to do ones that we go in blind not knowing anything and pray that we're right on it being unappreciated masterpiece like Oscar. Sylvester Stallone. I yeah, heard that you, was you one of those even... ones that was like, people rag on this for being this terrible comedy, but I looked at the pedigree behind it and I just went, I don't know, man. It seems like it could be good. That was one where before we did it, you kept forgetting the title. Yeah, because it's a person's, it's a name. So yeah. I just kept referring it to another person's name. I can't remember what I kept calling it, but... <laughs> 
Also, yeah. we kept thinking that like Sylvester Stallone plays the character Oscar or something like that. Well, we didn't know that. Yeah. But um, so this one goes for the mystery box. What do you look for in a DVD that gets placed into the mystery box? Well, we say this a lot on the mystery box, but it's basically if the cover's interesting. Mm. Um, I rarely read the synopsis on the back, and mainly if it's something that looks like it isn't a mainstream Hollywood movie, because you know there's many mainstream Hollywood movies that. I haven't seen, nor have you, but it's so easy just to talk about, like, oh, they're doing this movie that's got Ryan, Ryan Reynolds in it that you haven't heard about. Like, But I find it more interesting to find ones... Obscure-looking things that you don't think anyone's heard of. And ones that are clearly homemade are always fun, like Finding Emo, <laughs> which we covered. Or weird ones, like, like weird covers, like, uh, we did... Uh, Keeping up with the Steins, which did look like more of a mainstream movie because it had some mainstream actors in it, mm. but the cover, <laughs> the cover was just nonsense, and I got this feeling from it emanating from it that it was a Jewish coming of age movie, <laughs> and I just thought we gotta get this. I've never seen one of those. <laughs> yeah, covers are a big one. Um, and you, Bartek, you're just like whatever perverted anime that I've slightly heard of. I'll shove in there. Oh, hentai, sorry. Well, the few things that I've found only like Uratsuki Doji's anime the other ones are live action you you do have that thing where you've heard something about them beforehand and you're like we'll put that in the box right Mm. well me I'm like I'm blind I don't know nothing about also to be fair those two things I've had since before we started the box so they're just things I looked at and was like oh I don't know what well, I, I don't know what these are generally so so yeah that's kind of the whole process behind that kind of thing um has there ever been any episodes where you found it hard to find something to talk about? Were there any that you thought it would be hard to talk about? Is the question. I know that we've had, both of us have had our own individual cases of that on unappreciated masterpieces. I think for you, it was like as early as just visiting. Yeah, for... because I grew up with that one. So I was like, yeah. geez, what am I going to say? The one who's seen it like 14 times, what am I going to offer? Yeah, and <laughs> I-, I can't immediately think of examples, but I know that I've had a handful of that on unappreciated masterpieces, but I've always found that they still go really well despite mm. that. Yeah, Red Riding Hood was one that I think beforehand you're like, I understand that, man. <laughs> Well, I remember I saw it in cinemas and I didn't like it. And now you love it. And also, there were some episodes that we were doing around times where I was doing, like, assignments and I was focused on them. So I remember when we did um, The Wedding Date. That was one that I was doing in the middle of, like, assignments and I was just, like, distracted by that a lot. Um, But I still think that episode went really well and we went for a really good rant at the end on something completely... Different, yeah. I think one of the things... This isn't necessarily related to this question, but one of the things that I find hardest talking about in this show is you have to decide when you're talking about certain movies that deal with certain issues how you talk about them and if you should talk about them so if say Mm. you're talking about a movie that deals with some racial issues and where white people like you know do we talk about it or do we skip it or or a movie that contains not safe for work kind of stuff or, Mm. or deep-seated issues or, or stuff like that. Do you, do you do you bite your tongue and not talk about it because you may not necessarily be qualified? Or do you talk about it? And uh, my rule of thumb is I, I feel like you should talk about it because if the movie's bringing this up yeah. for you, then you should talk about it, which has been too much dismay to certain guests that we've had. Um, you know, I think with something like you have to talk about, you have to talk about 
how there is an inherent comedy in men dressing as women if you're going to talk about sorority boys because that's the comedy of yeah. that movie. And then you talk about, well, is that transphobic? Well, you have to talk about that. And then you have to defend the movie as well as critique the movie for that because if a movie is being politically incorrect, should you chastise it for being politically incorrect? Because if it's trying to be politically incorrect, then isn't it doing a good job? Then you have to talk about that. And I often find those things... Um, hard to wrestle with before the podcast, but then once we're in it, I'm like, no, 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 we just got, we got to talk about this. I mean, it's just mm. there to talk about. And if we don't, it feels like, for me, whenever I listen to podcasts and they skip these things, for instance, we did Vampire's Kiss. And I think yeah. we did a very good job talking about the, the whole rape aspect of that movie and whether Which or not... Which, again, another unappreciated one, I reckon. <laughs> that's true. And and whether or not that even happens in that movie, because the director says otherwise, and the director says it doesn't, but also... it. And I've listened to other podcasts who want to talk about that movie like it's a good-bad movie, and they skip that bit mm. because it's uncomfortable. And I think that's wrong. Because that's a part of the movie. That's a dramatic turn in that movie, and I feel like those are always hard things to talk about. Because you know, I'm not a, I'm not, a, you know. Sometimes you go, I'm not a rape victim. Should I talk about rape? And da da da. Well, I'm not a black person. So should I talk about soul men, or uh, guess who, and that kind of stuff? But really, these movies are made for mainstream audiences, and they're trying to give you some ideas. And I feel like we should talk about them. Yeah, with me, I always just think, you know, even if I'm not someone who's qualified to talk about it at length, we have to at least mention it and, you know, maybe even give, like, a little thought about it. Like, oh, you know, it's it's brave of this film to, you know, be tackling, you know, uh, male prison rape or something mm. like that. Um, and even in some cases talking about how it might be, you know, kind of respectful of those topics. Yeah, exactly. Or anything like that. That doesn't say we don't critique movies negatively mm. for all these things. There have been movies in the past where I just said this aspect, I don't mm. think they needed that. Like uh, yeah. Obsession, Obsessed, sorry, Obsessed. I talked about the unnecessary rape scene in that movie and I felt how it uh, kind of... Oh, yeah, because it ...ruined didn't... the portion of... I could see why it ruined the movie for people because it doesn't lead to anything. It's yeah, just, it just gets there forgotten. for no reason. It's kind of like, why did you have it in the movie? Um, but, uh, you well, know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, on the flip side, Mystery Box. <laughs> yeah, well, Mystery Box, where Bartek is like, the rape here in this movie works. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. No, 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 I'm not talking about issues. I mean, when we did things like um, Finding Emo and Betaville, oh, finding where, things where to where talk we about. To, we have to scratch our heads and go, how do we break this down for people who weren't there? Yeah, I know <laughs> that for specifically Betaville and the episode that's coming out this month, January 2019, beforehand, I actually told... Ryan and the guests, you know, before we start recording, let's have a little discussion about what we're going to do throughout this episode, and it helped immensely. So, Bartek, you've already answered this question, but it is there. Do you guys listen to your own podcast? If so, what do you get out of it? You do. Mm. Yes. I do too, but not as frequently as you get to, because for me... I edit the episodes and upload the episodes and do all the social media for the episodes and, and, and that kind of drains you of listening to your own episodes. But mm. I'm not someone, for those out there, I'm not someone who's afraid of listening to my own voice or stuff because there are some people out there who don't like listening to their episodes because they don't like hearing yeah. their own voice. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But sometimes it's just finding time in the day and the energy. And when you edit episodes or when you upload and do all that, you've kind of 
experienced those episodes many more times than if you like mm. than you normally would if you just listened to it. Like so, Bartek doesn't have that problem because he doesn't ep- ed- edit them or stuff. But like, so you can listen to them. But I'm like, I've listened to Bartek say this sentence fifty times already in that episode, so I don't need to hear it for a while. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. But yeah, I do listen. Is that, to is them. that true of unappreciated masterpieces as well? I edit, yeah, oh, well, you know, I have to edit the beginning and end and stuff like that and check, and I always check if the audio is still good and stuff, because it's mm. always good. Uh, a little bit, but I do listen to the show, and I get a lot out of it. I, I Sometimes I go, hmm, yes, I was right on that point, you know, absorbing, like, points that I made or trying to uh, recollect if my, you know, what my thought process was at the time, even though I explained it in the episode, or stuff like that, or, mm. or just, you know, having the joy of hearing some of our guests as well, mm. like Will Brooks and forgetting some of the crazy shit he says. <laughs> Yeah, on my end, there was a point where I was up to date on our episodes. Mm. Like, we were many dozens of episodes in when I started listening to them. And I think around the time we did um, Deck the Halls, so that was our 2017 Christmas episode, I was up to date. But then with 2017 onwards, I've fallen far behind. I'm now, like, a year and a half behind. Mm. And in, like, the past year, I've maybe listened to, like, a dozen episodes. So I've got a long way ahead of me. But I, I do enjoy it on the merit of just finding out if what we are doing seems funny. Like, it, it, do I think that this will work for our audience? Um, how does it feel to be a listener of something that I recorded a while ago and might not remember much of? Um, you know, do, do I find entertainment in this? And just remembering little moments. Like when I mentioned Entrapment, that was one episode that I'd always like been looking forward to getting up to because I remember having a good time with it. And then when I finally did get up to it a few weeks ago, I listened to it and I enjoyed it immensely. Um, on another token, I was also looking forward to like The Covenant. And when I listened to that, you know, I felt like there were some weaknesses there that like, oh, you know, it's not as great as I remembered or I thought it would be, but there are still little things there. So it's just little things to keep in mind in our future recording sessions. That's right. I agree, man. It's it's the exact same thing. You got to... I feel like you do have to listen to your own podcast uh, a portion of the time so that you can learn from mm. from yourself because it's always good to challenge and grow and learn from yourself. Um, Bartek, have you ever persuaded anyone in their own time to watch an unappreciated masterpiece you've done on the show? Yeah, with Reese McKenzie, there have been two occasions, one of them indirect, one of them more direct. I told him that Oscar was a good film and he checked that out and he liked it. But also when we did the episode on The Core, Mm. I just happened to mention to him, hey, we did The Core, and he said, oh, I'm going to rewatch that. And I'm like, okay, go for it. I'm glad that that happened. I mean, I've watched these movies with my fiance, so yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, I have watched Cutting Class with a group of people, Mm. uh, with a friend Jules, who's been on the show, and Will Brooks, and whatnot. That was a real, that's a real fun one to watch with a group of people. that's the one I can think of, uh, because a lot of them that I can point to are ones that I grew up with. So Big Fat Liar, of course I made people watch Big Fat Liar. Uh, you know, Thunderpants, of course I made, you know, that kind of stuff. But one, I, this isn't, I don't think this is here in the questions, but is there one that y- you would want to watch with a group of people? Like, get a group of people together for a movie night, and what, what unappreciated masterpiece would you want to whack on first? 
I, I definitely agree with you that films like Cutting Class and The Boy Next Door are definitely ones up there. And in fact, the other erotic thrillers that we do... They're all great. Well, they're all great. We have a question about genres coming up. Guess what we're going to mention there, I guess. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, but also the films that I really liked, like, uh, you know, Bubble Boy, I think that's good for, like, hey, you guys want to watch a good comedy film? Check this one out, or something like that. Yeah. Or even, hey, you guys think that Thunderpants is a bad film? Well, let me show you why you're wrong. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think the erotic thrillers are the best ones for a movie night and uh, cutting class. I would pick The Boy Next Door. I want to watch that with a group of people, because mm. it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had the, it's like, that movie, just the way you sum it up is, someone uses an EpiPen as a weapon and it's really effective so Bartek mm? what were some of the early struggles in the show that you that have since been remedied to any degree for you like you know, what are some of the things that you mm. can think of yeah, I was thinking earlier on when we were talking about the technical equipment that's something that you know we've been improved on because I think we have had some people say like oh it's good but just make the audio better or something yeah um yeah, that's one of the things that, you know, but it takes time and money and effort, and those are things that we just have to work with and against, you know? Yeah, I think another thing is that we've always enjoyed the aspect of bringing in things from the internet, like comments, quizzes, reviews, and all that. Um, Just, yeah, finding a balance of those, because, you know, we used to have lots of IMDb reviews, and it did drag a bit, and then when I started doing the comments, I maybe grabbed, like, you know, a page and a half of comments, and that mm. dragged a bit. But now we've just, like, cut it down to, like, you know, approximately five comments and one IMDb review, two if they're short. And, like, yeah. we feel that that flows a bit better. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, the, obviously the tech thing's a good one. For me, it was early on trying to, uh, you know, just find our feet with mm. how we approach different types of movies because originally you know our first several episodes were very specific types of children's films kind of or yeah. films that were there that were perceived to be children's mm. films so we did like think about this yeah we I did remember. we did big fat liar thunderpants kangaroo jack you know all these types Surf ninjas, just yeah. visiting all these types of movies that cater mm. to children or younger comedy, people yeah. and comedy things but then you do a hard shift into something else something different like an erotic thriller or a horror movie mm. and you kind of have to shift the way you talk about that and that's something i feel like we've gone really good at over the years especially like Vampire's Kiss is an episode I'm very proud of for that because yeah. we could have early on been like those other podcasts and just talked about the comedy aspects of it and da 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 da, da and removed ourselves from the drama of it and kind of just talked about the whimsical nature of Nicolas Cage's performance. We lost in that like many people are, but I feel like in that episode we really dug deep into what the film was actually trying to explore. Yeah, well, it's I... also validating that aspect of the movie's legacy. I honestly think it would have been hard to just focus on the comedy because we did genuinely see a lot of those things in it, the, the yeah. serious as aspects. Um, another thing that I feel that I've at least gotten better at is early on... I think I struggled a bit with doing our reviews at the end. Mm. And I would listen to a lot of your ones being like, wow, he's going into like a lot of little details. And like, I just tried challenging myself. And after a time, you know, I could just rattle off something off the top of my head that sounded a bit more poignant, I guess. Poignant. Yeah. Yeah. I have been told I can talk, Bartek. Can you believe that? Yeah, you should do a podcast. I know, I should. So what do you two like about each other as hosts? Ooh. This is a question that I wrote and I was getting giddy. Like, oh, what's Ryan going to say about me? Like a giggling schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
tying into the fact that you can always find something to talk about, I really admire that. I, I don't think we ever have, like, a silent moment when you're around. I remember when you weren't around for those last three, or last two and post-Dog Month films. Mm. Um, the first one, at least, Snow Dogs, there were some points where I was, like, getting out of breath because I was the main host. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you, you always have something to talk about. That you, We both have... We both obviously have a sense of humor and we have moments where it's like, oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but I know that with you, there's always like something, you know, something smart you can say that like just changes the topic into a new direction that works yeah. really well. Um, yeah. And I honestly think that if I were doing this podcast with anyone else, I don't know if it would be as good as it is with you. So oh, there's, a... there's me rubbing your knee. Rubbing my knee and going up the thigh a bit. Um, mm. Bartek, what do I like about you? Well, you show up. That's a tick. Unlike guests and myself sometimes. <laughs> Those Dog Month episodes. <laughs> no. Um, I'm late sometimes. So. You are late. Oftentimes, sometimes, uh, not going to name names of a guest, but there's one guest that's had to pick you up from your own house because you've slept in. Only twice. <laughs> Only half the times have appeared. <laughs> but um, what I like about you is um, a good portion of the times, um, you when you haven't seen the movie, um, before we start the episode, you lure me into this uh, uncertainty that you have anything <laughs> to say. Okay. Like, and that's good because no, I, see that, yeah. I, I feel like I have that problem of, I'm like, oh, what did you think of it? And you'll be like, it was all right. And then in the episode, you, you'll blast through and it makes me go, okay, whew, that's, oh, that's good. I was worried. Like when we did Oscar, you, 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 before the episode were like, yeah, I enjoyed it. And that was like really subdued. <laughs> and then in the episode, you blasted off. So I like being taken by surprise like that a good portion of the time so you know that's one of the things i like you will make comments that i think i frequently say very proud of you so you make me proud bartek with your sly I'm comments a, that you drift I'm a prideful in there boy. you're proud boy you are the prideful boy i love hearing stories about your your family life <laughs> That's one of my favorite things is like Bartek's dad with his many toilets. And now <laughs> you are so like removed from how weird that is with your, with some yeah, of these It's like things. when I talk about it and then I think about it a bit hard, it's like, oh, that is a bit weird, isn't it? But at the time when we talk about it, you're like, it's not weird. And we're like, no, it is. <laughs> So I like that kind of stuff. I like uh, that kind of stuff that we bring in our personal stuff. And I was like hearing more about your weird stories, like going to Poland. Dad's got many toilets. We yeah. both come from very different contexts. Yeah. Like yeah. you're from a country town with your own family context. I've come from a, you know, divorced family. So I have mm. technically two homes, I guess. I like that you can speak Polish. I should remember that. I do. I like I like that too. I, I get a bit <laughs> I get a bit embarrassed sometimes when more advanced Polish comes out and I have to talk about looking things up. <laughs> I, I remember specifically when we did um the Shaggy Dog, there was a part where I mentioned being like confused or unsure about something and Kate mentioned uh our guest, Oh, you're not very good at Polish, are you? And uh, th that took me like that hurt my heart. I was like, No I am I can speak Polish. If I if I'm talking to someone I can explain when I don't understand something and get around that, but when I'm by myself, there are some more advanced words that I need to like look up and stuff. 
Oh, God. So here we are at the What Genres of Film Do You Like to Explore on the Podcast? Are there any genres you'd wish you cover more of as well? I wish we'd cover more sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since you aren't really knowledgeable on sci-fi. Yeah, that's always been a big thing with me. Like, sci-fi sounds cool, but then when I see some sci-fi stuff, I'm like, oh, I can't really get into it, but I really want to see sci-fi that really engages me, especially since you're so into it. I agree, and it's hard because I own a bunch of sci-fi, and I love a lot of sci-fi, but I just look at them and go, I just don't know how we would work with this on the show, like, these are appreciated, or... These are, you know, these kind of things just, and I just go, but then I go, oh, but a Frankie Muniz film we haven't covered, and it just, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. Honestly, we have done a lot of comedy, and I can't say I don't enjoy doing them, but it is a lot of comedy that we do. It's because comedies are great. I, I would like to do a lot more musicals, honestly. I would too. Honestly... Erotic thrillers are the ones I like to cover most in terms mm. of genre, and we only really get to cover them once a year. We usually keep them to, like, late October. Yeah, because they're fun to Except do. the very first year, where we started off in October. Yeah, but I like doing those because there's something weird about them. Like, mm. it's not the sexy aspect, it's the drama aspect that I find fascinating. Like, how melodramatic over the top and, like, the logical fallacies, but then you're like, but testosterone and, and hormones and also, are involved, Ryan. And like, also there are characters that are crazy, and they're <laughs> acting as crazy. Is... You, you could say Captain Heigl's character from uh, Unforgettable. Dude, like, all, like, five of them that we've done have had, like, that crazy character that, like, yeah. you know, every, there's little things about their performances that we love, like the fact that they're always smiling. They're usually a crazy like white person. They, except for when the bow breaks, when, when the they're all breaks, black yeah. people. Yeah, that's true. That's a classic. Um, yeah, that's one that I just love. I always refer to that when I talk about erotic genre. Yeah, there's a lot of racial tensions in them as well, but we don't. We unlike what we mentioned with the previous question, we don't really shy away from them. I guess I actually do enjoy. And I know it's not a genre, but I like doing Bernie Mac movies. Mm. We've only done a couple, but I, you know, there's a lot to say there. He, like we said in Soul Man, which was his last movie and last movie we've done with him in it. You know, he's a comedic talent that kind of, for international people like us, we didn't really get to know much of his work. And, uh, you know, but when we see him in movies like Old Dogs or, you know, Guess Who, he was great. Um, so, Bartek, that's a genres question, but have you done any films on unappreciated masterpieces that you'd always been meaning to check out at some point or, or always curious about? I f- yeah, yeah, there, there have been... I, I wrote this question, so the fact that I'm kind of blanking on it is a bit embarrassing. It's a but, classic Bartek move. But there are, there are, there were some definitely on there. I'm just trying to think of what they were specifically. Um... Uh, well, for me, uh, 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 Boy yeah, Next Door was one. I always <laughs> wanted to check that out. Like, it came out a year before we done it, but I was like, oh, man, I want to do this. Like, a lot of times, like, with newer movies that we do on the show, they use the excuses for me to watch them, like Nine Lives. Oh, Nine Lives, yeah, yeah. Because you heard about them recently. It's like, oh, we should have them on. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, with those kind of movies, it's not as fun for me just watching them by yourself. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to take the gamble on having a group of people come over to watch Nine Lives, and it's maybe not as big as you thought, but I can take the gamble with the podcast, because we can talk about it and make something mm. out of it, uh, 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 you know what I mean? So mm. those are the kind of movies that I think of. Yeah, there are some that we haven't done yet that I'm looking forward to doing, definitely. Any in particular? Um... Well, I, I mentioned that not too long ago I was watching some midnight screenings, which is a show we sometimes bring up of people 
from the cinemasnob.com, you know, watching films and then talking about them immediately afterwards. Sort of like a mystery box kind of thing, but like, you know, cinema experiences and then they're in the car park afterwards. Mm. Um, Annie was one of them for us. And well, When the Bow Breaks mm. for you, I haven't gotten yeah, up to there yet. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, I've listened to some. Uh, one of them that I'm really looking forward to doing is Rock the Casbah, which sounds like a bizarre Bill, Bill Murray, Murray film <laughs> that I... Uh... I have heard about it. Honestly, yeah. When I listened to the episode, I'm like, oh, he's listed out all the plot points, but now I'm at the point where I've forgotten all of them. So yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving in there and maybe even being like, oh my God, I remember him talking about that. But yeah, that one definitely looking forward to. Um, I think Johnny Mnemonic maybe was one of them because that's one that I had heard of and I was like, oh, let's, let's see what the, you know, what it's actually like. And you got to experience Henry Rollins acting and it was great. <laughs> um, Bartek, yes. you, I accidentally skipped a question, but I think it's a great question. It's a very you question because I think this is secretly you wanting to answer this question. Who are some actors slash actresses that you've discovered through doing the podcast? Because for me, honestly, I had a hard time figuring out any because I knew all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, curious to see if you had any. Um, The chick from Over Her Dead Body that was a voice in a Final Fantasy game because you, talked about, you talked about that for a bit. While <laughs> you were like, yeah, that's Steven, whoever Steven Root is, man. <laughs> it's like, he's one of the greatest character actors of all time. That's your hubris, Ryan. My hubris is no We both thing. knew someone, but you were the one that took it that, to that level. So, Bartek, who are some for you? Other than Steven Root, who's a classic example. I mean, honestly, like a few minutes ago, you mentioned Bernie Mac, and that was a really big one for me. Really? Yeah, I just didn't really know him that much. And Bummer. then we started, then we did Guess Who, which is another one that I really like that we discovered, that I discovered at least on the show. Um, and then every other film we've done with him, you know, Old Dogs, he was a smaller part of the He was end, great in Old Dogs. But he was though. great. Jimmy Lunchbox, what a name. <laughs> um, yeah, he's always great to watch. Um, we have had a few other recurring performers. Like, I know, I know Jennifer Garner turns up in some lesser films, but it's, and like, you know, like Nine Lives, mm. but then she's also in, she was in 13 Going on 30, she right? She was the girl. Yeah, yeah, she was the 30 yeah. of the title, and... You know, she that film was also another one that was a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Especially for a chick flick. We've done a lot of chick flicks on the show, too. That's another Oh, that's genre another favourite genre. Yeah, I love that, too. Yeah, it's always... It's it's really weird, because, you know, as guys, we always hear those, you know, stereotypes of, like, oh, it's not films for us, it's films that the, the women in our lives enjoy and we get dragged yeah, to. Yeah, like, but then I heard that with Down With Love. And, and that was one of the things that dissuaded me <laughs> because I was like, oh, everyone seems to think that this movie's trash, but then it was great and we enjoyed it as guys. And yeah, and cut back to one of the first questions of this episode, that's our runner-up for most unappreciated. Exactly. Uh, I think, yeah, chick flicks, I think also just having knowledge of film, we have to talk about those films. They are marketable towards a whole slew of people. And we do remove ourselves from being just men in that conversation. We don't hmm. just go, as a man... In Bride Wars, I can't understand because I'm a man. Yeah, like, we, we, we never we went analytical on that episode. We never because... on this show dismiss a film just because of our context. We try to look at them objectively, but also find the things in it that we subjectively like. Yes. So, Bartek, yes. we have... I'm going to ask both of these questions because they're very related to one another. Yes. They're both about comments and reviews and quizzes. Is there any special criteria that you look out for picking them? And uh, are there ones that you remember in particular? Yeah, we both have things to say for this one, I suppose. I know that with quizzes, I try to look for ones that are on some websites that I've heard of, or maybe that layouts I remember when I click through on Google. Because mm. usually I just say, title, quiz. 
Yeah. The hardest ones to find are always the ones that are adaptations or from franchises. Like Unless it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, we, I was very lucky. Yeah, th- those were great. Um, but like, you know, Bewitched. Oh, there are so many quizzes about the TV show, not the movie. And, you know, things like that. And that's why... That's why when we do adaptations, there's always that thing in the back of my mind, like, oh, guess I'm not going to find many quizzes. And I remember it was much earlier on in the show when I started doing them that it was really easy to find them. Then as time went on, it just felt like the films that we were picking ones that didn't have as many quizzes for. But yeah, for quiz questions, I, I, I like to look for ones that have, you know, interesting wording choices or bizarre stretches for answers, mm. so specifically for multiple choice questions. Um, in terms of comments, also very similar, like uh, comments that like go down a path that you're not expecting or like, oh, wow, this person felt the need to comment this. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just, you know, little anecdotes. Anecdotes are a big thing for us when people go personal. <laughs> yeah. That's also a thing for reviews. That's, um, that's what was my main criteria for searching for reviews was um, personal things. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, I stopped doing the IMDb reviews a while back because one of the main reasons I stopped was... IMDb updated its website and it just became mm. increasingly harder to find them the way that I used to, which was I would just have it as most, they would have the option, I think they've remedied it now, but it was just kind of like you'd have the options of choosing most recent, most popular, most mm. helpful. That's my thing. I always mm. go least helpful. Yeah. See, I would just go recommended and mm. it would just be a mix up of all these ones. And I found that on IMDb to be very helpful to find these reviews that probably you wouldn't find easily if you went for the best or the worst or least helpful or most helpful and all that kind of mm. stuff. So that's how... And I stopped doing it because IMDb changed their website and it just became increasingly harder to find those personal reviews. I would have mm. to dig through 14 pages worth of reviews to find one. And those personal reviews are the best ones. And of course, mm. the creme de la creme is Tyler Lee Jewell. From your favorite episode, Annie. Annie, yeah. who has his review called Cameron Diaz, in which he's asking Cameron Diaz to get Macaulay Culkin to be in his voice animated movie About thing. Pluto or whatever. Pluto the dog. It's and like, if, if you look up his other reviews, you get the full story. Yeah, and he's someone I've mentioned in real life outside of the show. I'm like, guys, you haven't heard about Tyler Lee Jewell? <laughs> and that is the best one. And that is the, the like the top tier. Like, if anything can be as good as that. Another one that I think we both like is people who are from foreign countries who don't know English very well. <laughs> And one of the ones I think of is I'll Be Home for Christmas, in which you nearly died. <laughs> yeah, that was my first, like, oh my god, this is great one. <laughs> and um, you know, that kind of stuff I love. But yeah, I don't find... I've only found a few quizzes over over the podcast yeah. time. Uh, usually because I'm like, I, I don't think Bartek will look for one with this one. Like, Father Figures, I found that one, and I knew it would be great because it was specifically for Irish people. And I'm like, we're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> no context for us. I guess Cat Williams is another discovery for us. He's only been in two things, though. I've already known him, but yes, he was a joy to have. But yeah, like, is there any other standouts other than Tyler for you? Because it's so easy to just say Tyler. There are a lot. I remember in Flipper, there was one where someone had a full script. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah never the been Casablanca able, one. And I've never been able to find that one, because sometimes I go back to find yeah, them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from Monkey Bone, there was a person that really, really hated Henry Selleck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like... 
screw you, Henry Hellick. I hope you die for making Coraline. Or you, Henry, oh sorry, it's Henry Sell, you stupid bastard. Yeah, you made Coraline or something like that. And the Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> which we remember more for Tim Burton because you're a hack. Um, there was also from Zoom. I knew that. I was waiting for you to say that. That's another big one. The person whose friend Roy <laughs> had died. Died, and he loves Star Trek as much as he liked crack. Yeah, he almost <laughs> liked Star Trek as much as he liked to crack, and he would have liked Zoom almost as much. <laughs> Interestingly, sometimes when I find IMDb reviews, I think like, okay, these will be all right. I'll bring them on, and they go much better than I expected. That was me. That I had that too. I, I'd be like, oh, sometimes I go yeah, this one will do i always think of like well one of the ones where it was like a woman for just visiting mm. i'm pretty sure who talked about how her husband, husband always picks and i thought that one would be okay but that one landed really well and we still think about it to this day well, that's a very early like anecdotal one that yeah exactly i also really like the one from starsky and hutch where they were like half spoiler alert and they talked <laughs> about like cars and we didn't understand a thing yeah i said don't worry guys i've read this 14 million times <laughs> it still makes no sense to me oh the core the ones that went thirteenthly, that went all the way up to fifteenthly, and I mentioned like, wow, these are words that I know exist, but I've never heard spoken. <laughs> Imagine me speaking them for me to speak them. Well, you found it funny because Oliver cringed at every single one of them after like thirdly. Yeah. So Bartek, talking about guests with Oliver and all that, we've been guests on a couple of podcasts, only two at the moment. The only second two. one hasn't come out yet. That will be coming out in Feb. Mm. And we'll talk about that and mention it. Um, but what is it like being a guest on other podcasts after doing so much hosting? Yeah, and, and for context there, everyone, we started... Sorry, listening people. We started in October 2015. And our first guest spot was in, like, early May 2018. Eight? Yeah. So that's, like, almost three years of just hosting. Plus, like, the old podcast that I used to do with my friend Malloy. Um, and then finally we sat down there for, in the city for, uh, picture this. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was really refreshing and kind of charming because, like, we didn't have to start off the podcast like we usually do. Hello, listening people. Hello. With blah, blah, blah. And then we explain. And then eventually we introduce a guest. But we got to see other people doing that. And it was just like, oh, Ryan, that's what we do. That's and what we do. And we can we be do. annoying and say things before they introduce us like some of our guests. <laughs> Hello. It's funny. Hello, it's me, Oliver. <laughs> um, I enjoy it. I want to do more guest spots yeah, same. especially for melbourne based podcasts which is where we reside uh it's just hard you know as well like originally we were just content on doing it just our own thing with our friends and then eventually uh, you know it was kind of like oh there are other podcasts out there we knew some people who had made some other podcasts mm. you know the shaken not nerd guys bartek went to high school with them and you know, it was kind of like, it would be great to have them on as guests. And then it would be like, you know, it'd be great to be guests on other people's shows. And it's just kind of like, it's also hard to get that to happen. Because, you know, being podcasters, people are same age and we all have jobs or something. We all record our episodes on the same day days. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I can't do it because we're recording and this kind of stuff. But... Hopefully in the future we'll have more podcast guests. Uh, well, I'm lining up some future podcast guests, like from other podcasts, mm. for for our upcoming themed month that we're doing for Feb because every February we do a themed month yep. where we have a specific topic or genre or thing in mind that we talk about. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to get some podcasters to come on for that, and hopefully we can come on to some more shows. You know, that's the thing. It's just scheduling is always mm-hmm. the biggest problem with that. So that's all our questions that we've got here. Yes. I'm very happy about it. I, I was like, oh, man, we're going to be able to talk about these? And we did. Um, now, we have a big announcement. Mm. Big announcement! That's my big announcement noise, Bartek. Yep. We're changing up things, okay, guys? Um, We've been doing Unappreciated Masterpieces for quite some time now. Yep. We're nearly at, well, like 140 episodes we're going to come up to in our next episode. We're thereabouts, I believe, yeah. We are going to be wrapping up Unappreciated Masterpieces later on in the year. We're going to wrap it up at our 160th episode, mm-hmm. which would be... I can't remember what month that would fall into if we don't well, if take we're any like, breaks. If we're like 21 episodes away and we have like, what, four or five a month, that's going to be like somewhere between May and July, maybe? So we'll be finishing up Unappreciated Masterpieces. It's been a fun show, but don't worry. We're going to have a new show, a new weekly show that will be replacing it. Um... Don't have a name for it. We have we're still working out some of the things that we want to do for that, but it will be a more stripped back show. We're still talking about movies, of course, but um, yeah, it's going to be different. Uh, Unappreciated Masterpiece has been a real fun time, and uh, the reason primarily finishing it up is uh, I'm I'm personally just like I would like to kind of move on mm-hmm. because we could do this forever, and I feel like we've covered a great amount of movies, and of course there's that thing of well, we never covered this movie. I wish That's we did. been my main thing of like, oh god, we've talked about so many of these films that we want to so do. There's been episodes. I'm like, don't worry, we'll cover that one, and we may never cover that one. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe one day in the future we'll bring it back. Who knows? Because it's always a fun thing to do, but. It's just been hard to do, trying to gather guests, because, you know, our friends are our guests. We don't have as many podcast guests, and that's the thing. Scheduling's always a big problem. People our age are getting jobs, starting to have kids, you know, and and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of harder to get our friends on, and sometimes we have a lot of guests at the moment that cancel last minute, and that kind of stuff, and all that kind of stuff that goes into Unappreciated Masterpieces is just becoming more of a burden than it should be. And I feel like maybe it's time to take this as a nice notice and just be like, you know what, maybe it's time to slowly wrap up the show, let the listening people know. But we're not going to be finished. We're still going to do our monthly show, The Mystery Box, and we're going to take a little break after we finish uh, Unappreciated Masterpieces and then introduce what our new show will be. So we'll be back with a weekly show, but uh, we've still got plenty of time. We're going to go to our 160th episode. We've got to figure out what that one will be. Yeah. We've always talked about what our last episode would be and who, what we would do, and we always have some vague ideas, but now we have to nail it down. So I thought... Pressure's on. Thought... We'd better let you guys know that, yep, Unappreciated Masterpieces will be wrapping up later in the year, but there's still quite a ton of episodes that we have yet to record to give you of Unappreciated Masterpieces. Mm. So, look, guys, if you guys want to get your final say in of what some movies we can cover on the show is, you better get it in there in these next coming months. You know, we have our social medias, we have our Facebook, we have our Twitter, so you can shout at us on there we have of course our, our gmail our email which is spit and polished at gmail.com mm-hmm. so you can write us there for some suggestions or some words of wisdom maybe be like oh gentlemen you have not covered little buddha with keanu reeves or something <laughs> you know um but yeah that's the big news uh 
yep, we're looking forward to more episodes, uh, more podcasting in 2019. It's a brand new shiny year. Got some, got some, you know, new audio software. We've got our equipment and we've got each other. And we've got the movies, of course, to discuss. The mystery box is filled with DVDs. <laughs> we've got a good list of movies for unappreciated masterpieces we're going to cover. But... Of course, we have you guys to thank as well for being here for the journey and continuing to be on the journey. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I dropped my character again. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much, listening people. It's been a pleasure to just do this you know, Q&A. I just thought it would be fun to sit down, I've, talk for a while, and I've just have a more yeah. relaxed kind of thing without having to really worry about talking about a movie or anything. I've always wanted to do a bit more of like a casual shoot-the-shit kind of thing. And even though this was more structured with like, you know, 30-ish questions, you know, it was, it was fun, like getting thoughts out there about doing the podcast rather than just literally doing the podcast. Exactly. Well, until next time, listening people, as always, remember to be kind to each other. Yes, and, you know, even though we've been taking a break of Unappreciated Masterpiece in January, we still have a mystery box coming to you in the mid-20s of January 2019. Mm -hmm. And And then we'll be back in Feb. And then we'll be back in Feb for our theme month. Here's a hint. The theme begins with a K. K, K, K? Just one. Just one K. Okay. K, then a vowel. So, until then, our listening people... Goodbye. See ya.